My friends, many of you may recall that in 1969, an ad campaign went out throughout our Commonwealth advertising Virginia. Uh, Virginia is for lovers. It's very well recognized, of course, one of the most iconic ad campaigns really in over 50 years. Yet it almost was not so. The ad campaign originally uh, was pitched as Virginia is for history lovers, Virginia is for beach lovers, Virginia is for mountain lovers, and on and on. There is much to love, of course, about our wonderful commonwealth. But in the end, they realized that each of those individually was limiting, and they settled on Virginia is for lovers. But what does it mean to love? Well, I think these readings today give us great insight into this very important question. Jesus in the Gospel says, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. It does beg the question, how does the Father love? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I've been praying about this, and I think uh, a reading you may, may have had in your own wedding, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, gives us great insight into how the Father loves. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. The Father loves perfectly and in a manner that unites. He loves 1 Corinthians chapter 13. His love shows no partiality. The Father's love is an intense, all-consuming sort of love. For God is love. A love that ultimately cannot be contained. A love that is sent. He sent his only begotten Son on mission with a particular purpose, our salvation. Yet it's difficult at times. Christ himself experienced what seems to be abandonment of the Father's love on the cross. Abandonment of the Father's love in the Garden of Gethsemane. Of course, there was no abandonment. As Jesus would end Mark Matthew's Gospel by saying, I will be with you always to the end of time, he is simply echoing the love of the Father. This too is the manner in which Jesus loves us. He is patient with us. He is kind to us and on and on. His love, of course, never fails. Each of us is, no doubt, loved perfectly by Jesus. We are loved in an intense, all-consuming way by him. And the love that Christ pours upon us also ought not be contained. We are called to share it, to send us. He does send us on mission, equipped with his love, and he calls us to remain in my love. Begs another question. How do we remain in Jesus's love? Well, my experience, the best, most fulfilling, fruitful experiences of the Father's love, of Jesus's love, have almost always been in front of the most blessed sacrament. 
staring at the face of love and mercy in the Eucharist. It has been in front of the Eucharist. And I don't think I, this is a unique experience to priests, of course. I know many of you here have this experience in common. When we pray before the Eucharist, when we seek love itself here, when we more, well, we more often and more intensely hear that light, silent sound of God. When we regularly quiet our hearts and our minds before the most blessed sacrament, we hear God's whisper and we experience his intense, all-consuming love for us. And when we do it often, when we, as St. Paul says, do it without ceasing, we do remain in his love and we are overwhelmed with peace and joy. Jesus gives us another way we can remain in his love. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Well, what are his commandments? Of course, we know the top 10, those top 10 commandments, of course, but he also speaks in Matthew 22. He says, Jesus does, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. Notice it's like going to Vegas. We're all in. The second he says is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We are called to love. We are called to be instruments of his love to the other. And today Jesus tells us that when we do this, we are filled with joy. I have told you this. I have told you to remain in my love. I have told you to keep my commandments so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. Friends, I do think this is a game changer. When we recognize that God delights in you and me, that he looks at you and me with intense joy, that he desires his joy, the fruit of his spirit to be in us and to be complete in us, it does change everything. He wants us to be filled with his joy and he explains how this will occur. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. Jesus tells us that we will experience complete joy when we love, when we love one another. He does command us to do this. How? As he loves. No, not until the Last Supper could we even attempt to love as he loves. Before that, we hear was love your neighbor as yourself. Now here at this intense moment where he's foreshadowing the Eucharist, he says love as he loves. The Eucharist helps us to love as he does. And it ultimately leads, please God, to complete joy in us. So let's review. Love. Who? Well, God and my neighbor. How? As he does. Unto death. Unto death. Note the context of this beautiful uh, love letter to all of us. It's in, within that Last Supper discourse where we see a sort of marriage rite going on here. There's much nuptial language here. For holy marriage is to image God's love. 
God's love and marital love is, after all, perfect union. And it is, by its very nature, sacrificial. It is the love of friendship. It makes perfect sense, then, that we'd have this gospel on the Sunday our country celebrates Mother's Day. But first, we must acknowledge that there might be some here who dread this day every year. I want to acknowledge you, and I want to acknowledge your real pain, your suffering. Perhaps some of you have lost your mother in the last year, or maybe even 20 years ago, and it is still raw. Perhaps you lost a child through miscarriage, and that pain is intense. Or perhaps you lost a child through a choice you made perhaps so long ago. The Lord has forgiven you, but you cannot forgive yourself, and this is difficult. You long for that reunion in heaven where you'll be able to hold your child and love them. Or perhaps you were able to give birth to a child, and they predeceased you, and you long to be reunited with them. Or you have great desire for children of your own but have had difficulty conceiving. My friends, I acknowledge your pain. I acknowledge these very difficult crosses. Please come talk to me or Father Kleiman. But as hard as it is perhaps to sit here, and it is, I'm sure you realize that we must honor our mothers. Of course, we'll be honoring our fathers in June, for they were the first to teach us how the Father loves. They were the first to teach us how uh, he loves us with sacrificial love. For nine months, you carried us in your wombs. You gave up many, many things, made many sacrifices only to go through great pain to bring us into the world, and the pain was just beginning. For over and over again, you would get up in the middle of the night to comfort us, to feed us, so many things you did for us, so much sleep deprivation you endured for us, only for us to treat you sometimes with disrespect. Mothers certainly loved. They do continue to love until it hurts. Your love, mothers, has been patient and kind. No doubt you've endured all things and on and on. In loving in, loving in this manner, our mothers have helped us remain in Jesus, as he desires to remain in us. It also makes perfect sense that we'd have this gospel the Sunday following our parish's first Holy Communion Masses. We had them yesterday. It is a reminder of the gift we celebrate here and now, the source and summit of our faith, the infinite grace being offered in this Holy Mass. It's a reminder these little kids are of the purity and the innocence of our youth, our desire of our youth. I wish I could remember my first Holy Communion. You know, yesterday was my 50th anniversary of my first Holy Communion. And I did a little calculation. I think on Corpus Christi or thereabout, I will have received the Eucharist 10,000 times. What a gift he gives us. God cannot be outdone in generosity which brings us back to the gospel. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus laid down his life for you and me so he could raise it up again, and so he could ascend into heaven, 
so he could ascend into the sacraments we celebrate here and now, and so he and the Father could send their spirit. God desires to feed us with himself, and he invites us into an intense, intimate, intimate friendship. Friends spend time together. We spend time together. Spend time with our best friend in intimate conversation. We call this prayer. Spend time with Jesus in the sacraments, the most intimate thing we can do with our loving Father. Best friends spend a lot of time together. Best friends literally move mountains to be together. They schedule their lives around each other. Today, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. For anyone else, I think this kind of friendship would not last long. But Jesus isn't any kind of friend. Jesus is God, and he's already made a total self-gift on the cross. Our relationship with him by its very nature is disproportional. He makes our relationship conditional. He adds this if clause, if you will, not for his benefit. He gains nothing by our friendship. He makes it conditional for our benefit. He's offered himself in covenantal love. In other words, this exchange of persons, that is what a covenant is. He gains nothing in the exchange. But we, my friends, gain everything. We become more like him. We become divinized, if you will. We ultimately, please God, gain eternal life. Our mothers and fathers gave us life. What we celebrate today, what we celebrate every day, what we celebrated with the kids for the first time yesterday is eternal life or rather the principal means by which we receive access to eternal life in the most blessed sacrament. Today, my friends, we continue the vine and branches discourse, and Jesus continues to speak of the profound love that exists between the Father himself and his disciples. As the Father loves me, so I also love you. From all eternity, the Father infinitely loves the Son, perfectly and unconditionally. So too, he loves you and me, an infinite, radical pouring out of love. Jesus is drawing each of us into the unimaginable communion of love between the Father and the Son, and he invites us to remain in this communion of love, to remain in him, by clinging to the vine and by keeping his commandments. My friends, may we all work together to remain in him. May we all work to keep the commandments. May we all work to make the commonwealth a place of love. For Virginia is for lovers. Virginia is for lovers of Jesus Christ. Virginia is for lovers of our neighbors. And may God be praised. Amen.